Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Billy Embody. And uh, Billy, we have a mailbag edition of the podcast. Uh, Shay and I usually run it, but Shay is over in Europe doing God knows what. And uh, so here we are. How are you doing? Doing well. Not as well as uh, Shay is over there in Italy, I think, right now. But, uh, you know, nobody is. We got to get you over there. Now we've had the the Bengal Tiger crew, two of the three, go over to Europe uh, at some point. So you're up next. <laughs> Backpack yeah. it. Yeah, put it put it on the on three tab. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. there's got to be some Euros that uh, LSU basketball is targeting, right? There you go. Yeah. Um, mailbag edition of the podcast. Um, we posted on our board. Obviously, these are for subscribers that can post questions to us. So if you want want to submit a question, or if you just want to get in on the Bengal Tiger on three uh, family, you can. Um, yeah, just like Billy showing you right there, the the founders had you can subscribe over there. Um, are we still running the six months for thirty dollars? Is that? Oh yeah, going there. So there People are go. jumping on it. Yeah, left and right. Yeah, so join that. Um, we can get right into it. We got a lot of questions. We appreciate all the questions. Um, we opened it up to everything. You know, Shay and I usually just do football, uh, but we opened it up to basketball, opened it up to recruiting. So we got a little bit of everything for y'all on this podcast. Um, first, um, Damon Tigerin, um, any names I butcher. Tar- Targaryen. Targaryen. All right, there you go. See, this is why Shay usually reads them because I don't read the name. <laughs> Uh, what are our what our what are our biggest obstacles uh, to making a playoff in 2023? Um, we always get a playoff question in these. Uh, the biggest obstacle to me, other than the SEC schedule, which is obviously brutal, I think that's probably the first. Like you can just drop games in the SEC and not be a bad team. We saw Alabama last year was probably a playoff quality team, but you know you lose to LSU on on the road you lose to Tennessee on the road those type of things happen so uh, I'd say that's number one Uh, if we're looking as far as team goes I'd say depth of and concern of injury uh, probably at positions like offensive line positions like secondary um, you know running back to a degree so I think that's probably the, the number ones for me I think somebody mentioned it but receiver even though I like the receiver room at LSU a lot I think it's a I mean great room top 10 room you know if Malik neighbors has to miss any time or Brian Thomas misses any time you do get kind of into that shallower realm there pretty quickly, but that's, that's probably what I got. Yeah. I mean, I, I think last year it honestly didn't matter um, if they beat Florida state in the end. Uh, It was all about obviously that loss to Texas A&M. So you, you got to handle the games that you're supposed to win. That's first and foremost. I know captain obvious here saying that, but um, yeah, I think as far as biggest obstacles, getting the season off to the right start, beating Florida State, which it looks like the Seminoles will be one of those top teams in the ACC when it's all said and done, and especially what they've added in the portal, that's going to be a potential signature win early on, one that the committee looks back on and 
Um, let's say if LSU makes it to Atlanta again and faces a Georgia team and is unable to get by the Bulldogs, and, and look, they're on a they're on a heater. Um, they they need that extra signature win if they can get through the rest of their schedule unscathed and and you know put all that together um you know the way they need to to be in the playoff conversation having that signature win even then a loss to georgia in the sec championship would probably put them in the playoff and you know that's just looking without knowing where everybody else is but if that's this year they're probably in the college football playoff um is is my guess um if they're just a a one loss team with that one loss being to georgia so um, on the schedule, that's my obstacle. Is I would love to see LSU get that signature win early in the year. Obviously, then you got to navigate the rest of the way and 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 you know win out in the SEC and do those things. But um, as far as the roster goes, I agree with you. You got to stay injury free, and especially at those positions, um, uh, you know, an obstacle is so, something that LSU's been working to overcome. Is would love to see Jaden Daniels push the ball down the field more. You know, give them a more dynamic offense you know uh, over the course of the whole field you know make defenses defend you a little bit more um across and and down the field and and down the field passing would be that and i think the secondary stepping up is is the other obstacle that's what needs to happen a lot of new guys in that mix and uh, if they put it together and they stay healthy then that's another obstacle that would be overcome for me yep zud the hut can you give us a projection on the all-important opening game against florida state I don't have one right now, but I mean, I think on paper LSU should be favored slightly. I think, which I think they are. I think they're what two point favor or something like that. I don't know, but I think that's about right right now. Uh, but Florida State has reloaded really, really well, just like LSU has. It's gonna be. A, I I just can't wait for this game. Yeah, it, and it's it's a Florida State team, and and we'll start doing some early looks at uh you know the teams on the schedule and things like that as June gets going because quite frankly schools are still adding out of the transfer yep. portal as we've seen, um so there could be a guy that pops in you know a graduate who knows that can can help LSU can help Florida State can help teams across the country but um, early projection I I think this is a Florida State team that is starting to gain a little bit of confidence under Mike Norvell which can all, always be a little dangerous um, at times. You know, they've added uh, a lot of quality players through the transfer portal. And, um, you know, quite honestly, this is a Florida State team that is once again going to give LSU a tough test. Um, I, I agree LSU should be favorite slightly in this one, um, but I think we're in for a real treat uh, in that matchup. So I don't really think we answered as far as the projection goes. I haven't dug too deep into what Florida State is looking like heading into 2023, but I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the ACC. That's going to be an awesome game. I mean, Jordan yeah. Travis, Jaden Daniels, it's, yeah, a lot of, I mean, the receivers in that game are elite. Uh, the, the defensive player, defensive line talent, that game is awesome. All right, uh, 318 Tiger, um, if you could bring back one player from last year's team uh, to join this one, who would it be? For me, the answer is very straightforward and simple. I'm going B.J. Jolari. <laughs> and especially when you consider the Jack position just is so uncertain right now. I'm not going to say it's bad. I'm not going to say it's good. But it's definitely um, a question mark for me when you look at Swinson and Ogofu, even though I think they are good players. Um, and you throw Deshaun Womack in there, even though he's probably defensive end right now. Um, I think if you just add B.J. Jolari to this team, it answers uh, one question that I have. 
Yeah, and not to piggyback off you, but to piggyback off you, I agree. BJ Ojolari would 100% be that guy for me. I will add Jurek Bernard Converse, uh, maybe, you know, get some secondary help in there. And um, he would be, uh, I guess, another, he would be more of a dark horse, I guess, uh, outside the obvious. Yeah. BJ. Yeah, maybe Jay Ward or something for the safety yep. position. Uh, so that way you can slide Greg Brooks back to nickel. That'd be kind of interesting. Um, Coach K7. Uh, now with each of their systems in place and added depth at a lot of positions, what differences uh, should we see from the OC and DC in year two play calling scheme aspect? Um, I think we already know with Denbrock. Um, well, actually, I think Denbrock is putting a lot of what he wanted to do last year, actually, to from a fundamental standpoint of whether that's the like RPOs, whether that is a quarterback run game, which has been a staple for him the past few years. I think from a run game perspective in general, he got a lot of what he wanted in there. Uh, the main thing with him, what, the difference between what we saw from Desmond Ritter and Jaden Daniels, I think, was the vertical passing game. And I think we even saw that with Garrett Nussmeyer in there. It's not that they weren't trying to. It's kind of they just had to tailor their offense to Jaden Daniels. And that's what Jaden was giving you, and that's what they took. Um, but overall, I think we saw a lot of what he wanted to do. I watched one of those clips of him explaining his offense. You know how all the coaches do it there coaches clinics but every, i mean the rpo stuff is i think maybe something they could add more of but overall i think it's pretty much the same defensively i it'll be interesting now because you have harold perkins at middle linebacker and that's the that's a huge change because you can use him in different ways than what they did last year uh with with their linebackers but overall i think you saw last year what they did at kentucky and so from a scheme standpoint, I think you're going to see a lot of the same schematically, but you have Harold Perkins at inside linebacker. So how do you want to use him? You know, that could change uh, the defense a little bit. Yeah, I think another thing is, and we talked about, you know, rosters not necessarily being done. If else you can add Connor Gilbreth out of the, um, mm-hmm. from the Juco ranks, that might allow Mike Denbrock to play a little bit more um two tight end sets with more success and, and kind of more physicality in the run game and, and kind of maybe changing uh, maybe the percentages as far as what he does um, play calling wise. If you have a six, six, 260 pound, yeah. true, you know, run blocker tight end um, that might give them a little bit um, of a different feel offensively from a physicality standpoint. But yeah, I want to, I think they want to push the ball down the field a little bit more. But I'm with you. I think the makeup, the look uh, is very much in place. And I think to an extent, the same can be said for Matt House. Um, One thing that we're seeing as far as their roster building goes is adding many different body types and guys that can play in different matchups and different sub packages and things like that. And as you move Harold Perkins to middle linebacker, all right, now you've got to get that production production from Ovia Gofu and and Braden Swinson off the uh, jack position. Does Harold Perkins move around and back there at certain packages? Does that bring Omar Spates down in the, you know, uh, in on more, um, you know, packages because of that more of an every down backer for LSU? Um, Greg Penn's back. Um, how does that impact, uh, you know, how does Harold Perkins impact those guys and kind of their rotation early all, early on? Um, Whit Weeks, you know, had a, had a pick six in the spring game, a, a guy mm-hmm. that can really, really run. Um, if they're in a passing down situation, does he get – some more burn uh, out there uh, in coverage. I just think they potentially the rotating, the rotating around the defense might look a little different this year, but that's more of a hunch 
rather than a schematic look, but I, I do think they want different sub packages. And I, I think the way they've kind of addressed the roster might yield that a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Missile alarm has four, so we can speed through these four. Uh, why do y'all think there's a rise in O-line talent in the state? Uh, this is first one there. So I'll throw it to you. Yeah. I, I think there's always been guys that are on the radar for LSU, but you never necessarily know if they should be a take at the time coming out mm-hmm. of high school. Um, Osiris Torrance is, is an, is an example of this. Um, you, you see them taking in the past, the kind of premier offensive lineman, um, from the state, like the, like the young one. So for example, in this class, the guy that's been on the radar for the most part from the get-go has been Kyrie Lee. They take him, they get him committed. They did that with, um, with uh cardell thomas they did that with um thomas perry they've jumped at the early well-known offensive linemen in the state and so i think from our perspective we don't necessarily think of the state as much as far as offensive line producing when lsu signs one or two from the state now last year they were obviously very lucky so lance heard tyree adams um, even the, you know, the, the, I should say 2023 class was Lance heard Tyree Adams the year before that, Will Campbell, Emory Jones, those are yeah. no brainer guys start to finish, uh, in their evaluation process. I think the state and because of the way LSU recruits the offense, well, I'm in the state, the guys that maybe come up a little under the radar, don't necessarily get as much buzz around them. But I, I think we're seeing that as now, especially we get back out on the road, COVID's over, all that stuff, we are discovering more and more offensive linemen in the state of Louisiana. So I, I think it's a, it's a little bit – I think the state has produced enough offensive linemen. I just think at times LSU has jumped on the early one um, and with good results, Will Campbell, Emory Jones, obviously Zalance Hurd, Tyree Adams, mixed bag, Tom, uh, Thomas Perry, Cardell, Thomas – guys like that, and we'll see on Kyrie Lee. But we look at the the state in 2024, for example, you got Jude Foster at Southern Lab. You got Joe Cryer, uh, who I think uh, transferred to Natchitoches Central. Yes, he did. Um, from Manny, he's been on the radar a minute. Uh, Mitch Hodnett uh, up in the Monroe area at Sterlington is a guy who's certainly on LSU's radar. Kavion Broussard at Zachary's on LSU's radar. There, there are guys out there, and I'm you know missing a couple, but – um, there are guys out there that are on the radar, have Power 5 offers for the most part. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily as much a change as far as the amount of talent. I just think they're being discovered because we're out more, coaches are out more, and um, I think that's just kind of how the cookie has crumbled in a sense. Um, Devin Harper in 2025 is a four-star out of uh, yeah. Captain Shreve. So I think it's just people getting back into the evaluation period a little bit more and, and being able to get out and, and and we're seeing kind of the fruits of that come to the forefront. Yeah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, his second question. Uh, who do y'all think is the most important commit LSU has landed so far in 2024? That'd so be- most important. Most important. I obviously I'm 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 gonna defer to you here, but I do like their tight end additions here off the bat. Um and then Collage Cobbins has always has also been one that I've from what I've seen I've been impressed with. Uh flipping Juwan Johnson, you know, that get get him getting him in the class feels like a big get. What what do you think? Yeah, I, I think you know, long term, because in 2024, they now have Colin Hurley committed at quarterback. I think he's a very important commitment. He is taking an active role recruiting. I, I do want to see kind of the fruits of that and what that brings this summer. You know, he's recruiting Cam Coleman really hard. He's pushing for a lot of guys around the country uh, to come check out LSU and, and give them an even more serious look than they already are. So, you know, if Colin Hurley delivers a Cam Coleman, uh, I think that puts him right at the top yeah. as far as most important uh, recruits. And, you know, we look, we could talk about, you know, what he needs to do as a senior to continue to show development and things like that. But um, your quarterback is your leader in your class. And if he can bring the guys that he's trying to bring, that'll be huge. As far as overall, most important recruit from a need, from a um, just overall battle perspective, I I love that they've been able to hold on to Maurice Williams Mm -hmm. right now. They got him on board early. Um, I saw his dad even tweeted uh, that there's an LSU flag outside of his house right now. So he's been pretty quiet. He's been one of those guys that I think is is most definitely still getting recruited heavily by other programs. But um, I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Him and Deshaun McBride are two of the best commits in the class. And I, I just think those two guys are really, really important long term for LSU on the defensive side. Yeah. Is it realistic to expect LSU to contend this year? Feels a little too soon. I feel like we're missing something. Um, no, I don't think it's, I don't, or I do think it's realistic. I don't think it's too soon. Um, I do think it's realistic. We saw last year that they're able to, it, you have to get those wins, the win over Alabama, the win over Florida state, like we talked about. Um, and those can go either way in year to year, you know, some years they'll win them, some years they won't. That's just kind of how, uh, the SEC plays. That's how your schedule plays. So. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's realistic because I think they can win the Florida State game. I think they can win the Alabama game again. So, will they? I can't, you know, I can't guarantee that, but they are uh, in position to contend. I think it's realistic. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's realistic. I mean, we saw you know them get fairly close. I mean, if they beat Texas A and M, they're they're good. There's a chance. Think about if they the would have beaten. Think about if they had beaten Florida State 
and then I mean, obviously beating Texas A&M, but even like before that Texas A&M game, how high would they have been ranked after beating Alabama? Like, if if they had if they had been undefeated, they they probably would have been two or three. I would think, saying. right? Like, yeah, they're right there. So in theory, I mean, they're you know blocked extra point away from being top three, top four in the country for a lot of the year. And then you know if they lose to A&M, they lose to A&M. But sure, but that's that's a very different perception of the season even though they were top 10 for a lot of it yeah so i, I think it's realistic I, I don't think it's too soon either covert maple which under the radar radar player do you think can make an all-conference claim this year all right let me pull up the depth chart real quick while you think on that i will say a quick uh answer to miss led's uh protein powder i'm just a gnc guy that's it, that's it. Just oh a regular gnc protein yes, powder protein powder yeah i just load up on the chicken and rice <laughs> Just load up. All au natural. Um, under the radar player, one on each side of the ball. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think. Um, potential all-conference player. Um, give me uh, – I think Will Campbell will make it already. Uh, I'll go with like a – well, I mean, yeah, I'll go with Brian Thomas. I think Brian Thomas could have a big year. Yeah, I, I think he could sneak onto a all uh, all SEC team. I will I will say, uh, Aaron Anderson. I mean, he missed the spring. If he comes back healthy, I know that's that might not be under the radar, but he hasn't he hasn't played a ton. Uh, I mean, the only players I think are on the radar for a all SEC team right now is Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, Will Campbell on offense, Mason Taylor. No. Oh. I mean, going into the year, he's not going to be all SEC, is he? That's top two. Top two tight end in the SEC? Yeah, because Brock Bowers is back. Brock Bowers is back as one, and then there's – there's. I'm sure there's a second. I'd have to think about it, but there's yeah. – I, I, that's that's asking a lot. To be Might a top have two player. Stuff the ballots on that one. Maybe he gets stuff on the there. Um, I like Mason Taylor. Yeah. Savion Jones, Savion Jones on defense could okay. could yeah. could be an under the under the radar type. I mean, he he's you know was a five star for on three coming out. He's just continuing to kind of trend the right way. I feel like I I know a starter might not be necessarily the uh, under the radar play, but I I think I think it could be. I mean, that counts for me. Like, maybe like Greg Brooks. Maybe Greg Brooks. Yeah. Anybody who's not already like on our radar, like okay, this guy should be an all conference player, counts to me. So that's I like Savion Jones. I like that pick. Um, Tiger 2B12 uh, has three questions. Update on Casey Poe and Jonathan Daniels. If you want to give a quick update on them. Yeah, Casey Poe is the number one interior offensive lineman out of Lindale, Texas. And uh, people are not going to like this most likely, but um, <laughs> he is going to um, – he is trying to fit in an LSU official visit. So mm-hmm. that kind of share, shows you where LSU stands in his recruitment. Um, he has five uh, set up right now. Uh, he has been uh, – he was just in Athens this past weekend for an official visit. Or no, he was um, he was there for an unofficial visit. Um, or no, he was just there for an official visit. Okay. So he was uh, at Georgia. Then he heads to Clemson. Uh, he's got Auburn, he's got Alabama, he's got Texas Tech, he's got OU the last weekend of July as well. Um, I, I think Alabama is starting to make a move to to land him, um, I would say. 
Um, OU is, is in there as well. Um, but I, I just think it, it's kind of clear right now that LSU's playing catch up with Casey Poe. John Daniels, they're more right in the mix, but Florida State is going to be tough to beat. John Daniels is the five star offensive tackle out of Pensacola, Florida. Um, and fun story, I'm actually going to go, uh, I'm going down to uh, the panhandle this weekend to, to see my grandmother and the uh, head coach of uh, Pine Forest, where John Daniels goes, owns a cigar bar in like right, like I'm talking three minutes from my grandmother's. So, oh man, this is perfect. Yeah. So I'm going to pop in there uh, either Saturday or Sunday and and have a stogie with him and and we'll uh, we'll chop it up. But LSU's right in the mix for John Daniels. They uh, everybody it seems like is chasing Florida State, but Georgia's in there, Miami's in there. There's a bunch of schools that are working on him. Uh, how many will they sign? This is kind of a tough question. They've got 15 commits already. There's no signing class limit. Um, and it, it just seems like the number of players LSU's in on, I could kind of see between like 27 to 31 if they really clean up. Um, and that's before you get to the transfer portal. So it's, it's pretty wild um, just kind of how many players they could sign. But yeah. um, if, if y'all haven't already, check out Billy's uh, class prediction story that came out yesterday. So Yeah, and I think there were. 34 in there, but I don't, we don't do decommitments in there, in there. So there'll probably be a couple guys that, that drop off here and there. I mean, we've talked about, you know, Jojo Stone taking visits, Sean Ferguson taking visits, Xavier Atkins has official visits set. So um, I, I, I think that 27 to 31 range. Uh, who are the true corners? We have a good chance of signing really like Crawford to the last one. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Crawford, definitely in the mix for LSU. Um, he is, he is a guy that, um, has long had LSU near the top. I think Auburn and Clemson are probably the two biggest challengers for him. And I, I just kind of get a feeling he's going to be tough to pull out of Georgia um, in a sense that Auburn is right down the street. Clemson's done a really nice job recruiting him. And uh, he's got, he's got four official visits. He's got LSU. He's got Auburn, uh, North Carolina and Florida. So Clemson doesn't have an official visit set yet, but they're right in there as well. So it, that one's going to be intriguing. That one's going to be an interesting one. The, the other top corners they're after is Kai Bates out of the Orlando area in Florida. Um, he's a top 200 overall prospect. He's really been on the rise lately. Um, and uh, I think he's going to finish as a top 100 prospect in my mind, um, especially on the on three industry ranking. Uh, LSU is going to host him for an official visit. They're really, really starting uh, to make a push there. Um, he is uh, looking at the likes of Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee, um, Alabama uh, has now offered him, uh, Texas A&M, Ohio State. So he's he's really blown up now. And then kind of uh, Wardell Mack is a defensive back. He's corner, could play safety. And then uh, he's in New Orleans. He's a five-star for on three if the rankings ended today. And then two kind of uh, dream lands out of Texas would be Kobe Black, who's a five-star top 20 overall prospect, and then Selman Bridges, who uh, they're right pretty much from the same area um, there in Central Texas. Uh, he's a top 50 overall prospect, and I, I think that's it. The only other one that I'll note is P.J. Woodland, who's out of Mississippi, who just picked up an LSU offer, um, and, and the Tigers, I, I think, are going to push Mississippi State, Texas. Those are two other schools to watch there. Yeah. Cover Maple uh, asked, which players do you think LSU sends to Hoover for SEC media days? They sent three last time, I believe. 
I think it was three. Um, Jaden Daniels obviously will be one. The other two, I mean, Harold Perkins, if they can get him, but uh, they haven't really tr- pushed for uh, many interviews for Harold Perkins. So maybe not him, but I feel like from a national media perspective, they're going to be like, oh, we got to have Harold Perkins and Jaden Daniels. So they might push Harold uh, out of his comfort zone and push him over there. Um, who would be a third? Malik? I'm trying to remember who. I don't think they'll send Malik. Yeah, I don't think they'll send Malik either. Um, Love my man, but don't think they're doing that. This uh, year. Will Campbell is, was a is a pretty good interview. That would yeah. make sense to me. I would I would say they'll send Jaden Daniels. Um, I would not sleep on Greg Brooks. Um, yeah. And and if or Greg Penn maybe. Yeah, or Mason, just from Ma- a... or Mason Smith. Yeah. Um, and then I do think either Mason Taylor or Will Campbell will be one. Yeah, Mason Taylor was a good interview too. Yeah, if we're just going off quality of interviews, yeah, then I'd go Daniels, something like Campbell, and then uh, I don't remember. Did Omar Spates? I watched uh, Omar Spates did an interview, but I don't remember how good he was. So yeah, we'll see. All right, uh, next question. Oh, Miss Light Alarm has a fifth question for us. Who do y'all think the team captains will be this year? Jaden, Dan- how many team captains? There's four, right? Uh, three. So, three. There are four that go out for the coin toss. There are three that are the, I think, the permanent team captains. Last year it was Ollie Gay, Mike yeah. Jones, and B.J. Ojolari. Yeah, because they were all defense. Uh, Jane Daniels will be one. Um, I'm, I'm going to go uh, Will Campbell. Yes, that makes sense. And I'll go <laughs> Mason Smith. Yeah, I was gonna say it might it might be the inverse of last year where it's all offense this year, whereas last year it was <laughs> yeah. all defense. Uh, I mean the defense has a lot of good, great guys on it and everything, like you said, like Greg Brooks, uh, Major Burns, you know, guys like that. But uh, yeah, something like that. Mason Smith, that's a good, good group. All right, um, LSU lawyer wants to know the next five commits. I think that's asking a lot. Um, and I, can, I can give I can give him a little go here. Go ahead. Um, and, and look. We're going into that time of year where I think it's going to be somewhat rare if we see somebody pop in like the next week and a half and they get it out of the way before their official visits. Yeah, that'd be weird. Um, so I'll go. I'll go. Just maybe the the five commits, the guy, the five guys that I would feel best about being committed by the start of their senior year. So they'll make yeah. a decision at some point after their official visits or whatnot. I'll go Joel Rogers, the four-star safety out of West Feliciana. Um, I will go oh Jelani Watkins, the four-star receiver out of uh, the Houston area. I think they sit in a good spot there. Um, just talked to Worry Williams, who's a big uh, offense tackle target for LSU, and he named LSU his leader going into official visits. So Ori Williams, LSU sits in a good spot for. You can check out that full interview at thebengaltiger.com. Yep. Um, <clears throat> it's two. That's three. Uh, That's, three. That three. That's three. That's three. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, and then I'll go Tylen um, Singleton if he makes a decision okay. before his senior year. I like that. And then – uh, Tylen Singleton is a four-star linebacker out of um, Manny. Manny, and then let me go. Let me go Wardell Mack. I think Wardell Mack, if 
if he decides to make a decision yeah. before his senior year. Um, and Sam Spiegelman had a, had an update on him earlier um, this month, so you can check it out on his profile. I, I would say those those five. That's a, that's a pretty good. It's a pretty good five. Pretty good. I'd be happy with that. Uh, Nola fan thirty three with the men's basketball roster completed. How do you feel they did in the portal? Um, and then he says that he liked the guards and wings, but he thinks the bigs um, leave a little bit to be desired. Uh, I think that's very accurate. I think that's pretty on the money. Uh, I like. I love obviously Jalen Cook, Carlos Stewart guards. Um, I think it's Jordan Wright on the wing. Um, I I do wish. Obviously, it's hard because they did a self-imposed, you know, scholarship ban on, on one of their scholarships. So they're only playing with 12, which, you know, in theory doesn't feel like a lot. But in actuality, it's like imagine if they could have added, you know, another transfer player that could have potentially contributed or even been a rotation player. Like that feels like it's substantial. Um, also, from a, you know, injury perspective, if someone goes down, you're just you're at 11 scholarship players. And then, you know, the. The freshmen that they bring in, I think, are very well could redshirt. Um, one or both could redshirt. So that puts you down even more. So it's it gets shallow pretty quick. I do wish they would have brought another big. Um, that was something I felt like they they kind of um, needed, uh, even though I do think Will Baker is capable. Um, so, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Guards, wings, I think they're going to be fine. Will Baker can score the ball. Um then they bring in that backup uh, center who's I'm from George Washington, whose name I, I don't have in, in my head right now. But yeah, it, it's a um, they did a fine job in the portal. They did about as fine of a job as you could ask. I think they it's a better roster this year than they had last year, and that's you know that's the goal ultimately. Yeah, I agree, and, and I think the the two freshmen they have, and they didn't overdo it on freshmen by any means. But um, Mikey Williams is a guy that you know, has, has really played well as a senior. And then Corey chest, he's got great motor. He's got the length, he's got the size. He might not, not necessarily be somebody that contributes right away. Maybe um, just get him in the weight room a little bit more, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. I think the bigs are the biggest question. If they can get something out of Will Baker and Hunter Dean and guys like that, um, that would be huge. If those guys can elevate from where they played for kind of the majority of their career, well, that would be that'd be massive. Yeah, and I'll say Jalen Reed has to be a lot better at the yeah. four, and then if you can slide him to the five, that would be that would be big. All right, uh, Kyra Tiger asked, um, predict the top three rushing leaders next year. Um, I'm high on. He says I'm high on Diggs. I I'm also high on Diggs. From <laughs> for those who didn't read the the transfer analysis story, I, I think he's a very good back. I think he's could very well be their starter. Him and Josh Williams. It comes down to me, Jaden Daniels was so far and away the rushing leader last year in terms of attempts goes, which I know that probably includes a couple sacks too, but still, um, it's hard for me to imagine Jaden Daniels going the entire season and him not being the leading rusher because I think the rest will be running back by committee. So if we're looking at the one consistent game in, game out, is Jaden Daniels will rush for, let's say, 50 yards a game at least. And that puts him at 600 yards in the regular season. And yeah. I, I think Jaden Daniels is your leading rusher again. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's not as much as he did, you know, this past year, but um, I, I do think he's going to be um, the leading rusher again. I would say Logan Diggs right after that. If Josh Williams is healthy and back to his normal self, I, I agree with Cairo. I think he's the third leading rusher on the team. 
uh, maybe a dark horse, Caleb Jackson, maybe coming on strong, but yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. see. I, I think with how uh, deep that running back room is right now, um, we'll just, it's a lot yeah. fast for a freshman to make that big of a jump. Yeah. Daniels ended the year last year with 885 rushing yards. Um, I think he'll be more around 600 or 650 or so this year, but that's still a pretty big number for, you know, a running back by committee to, to break. I think Diggs will have a chance uh, in that range, but I'll go with Daniels. All right. Um, you got the name on this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. On the... Yeah. There, uh... <laughs> Matt. Matico, Matico, okay. Matico, Matico. Yeah. Uh, which top which top one hundred and fifty player not, players not committed here already? Does LSU have a legit shot at which one? Do you think we land? Well, Dominic McKinley and Wardell Mack are two who are yeah. uh, five stars or would be five stars at the rankings. All the Louisiana and, ones. Yep. Yeah. All the Louisiana top one hundred and fifty. So Tylen Singleton, I think, might be in there. Um, yeah. I, I do think LSU has a legit chance at Cam Coleman, the five star wide receiver out of Alabama, but. I do think it's going to be tough to get him away from Auburn. I'll be honest, but they're getting an official visit. Colin Hurley. That's one of the guys he's pushing, pushing, pushing for. Um, and then Bryant Wesco, another five-star for on three um, is going to officially visit LSU. Seems like Oklahoma has kind of fallen off in that recruitment. TCU's in there. Clemson's in there. Um, I do think LSU has a legit shot at him. Um, as I continue to scroll down the list here, um, you look at, um, and this is the on three industry ranking list of top 150 prospects in case somebody asks later on. Uh, John Daniels, the five star offense attack, or well, he's a four star on the on three industry ranking, but John Daniels out of Pensacola, they have a legit shot at. Um, Traylon Miller, they're locked in a LSU Texas AM battle for him. He's the four star wide receiver out of Silsby, Texas. <clears throat> um, Anybody else? Yeah, there's uh, I'm almost yeah. done. Blake Blake Ivy um, might be tough to pull out of Texas. He's the n- number one hundred three overall prospect, number three interior offensive lineman. He's out of League City, Texas. Goes to Clear Springs. Um, he's going to be tough to pull out of Texas, but he does have Louisiana ties. He's got a ton of family down down south, so they'll be in the mix there. They're going to get an official visit. LSU's expected to get an official visit from Texas A and M. Defensive line commit Dalen Evans as well. So you can count them as in the mix. And that one has a long way to go. He's going to take official visits in the fall yeah. as well. And then CJ Jackson, the four-star edge out of Tucker, Georgia. LSU's in the mix for without a doubt um, on that front as well. Weston Davis, uh, number 125 overall prospect. LSU is locked in a LSU A&M Bama battle. And then Caden Durham, the four-star running back out of Duncanville, Texas, is right inside the top 150. LSU and OU battling it out for him, but um, he did just set a Michigan State official visit, but I still feel like it's an LSU-OU battle. And that wraps it up outside of um, Jeremiah McClellan, the four-star wide receiver out of St. Louis. LSU's getting an official visit there, and uh, obviously the ties with Robert Steeples and um, just the job Cortez Hankton's done recruiting him as well, put LSU in the mix there. Yeah. Iowa City, uh, Iowa City Tiger fan has five questions. Uh, number one, Chapman was a good uh, analyst to have on staff. Do you see BK finding a replacement this summer to help with the D-line? I don't have an answer to that. I don't know if you have an answer to that. Yeah, so the way usually these these analysts and, and graduate assistants, the guys that – so Gerald Chapman was the interim defensive line coach after Jamar uh, Kane left. 
Yeah. And um, he he obviously took over that role for Jamar while, while Jamar left, and and Brian Kelly was looking for his his spot. But um, this is this is kind of one of those deals where I think Jimmy Lindsay will have more of the the say because this is. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Lindsay Madhouse will kind of have more of the say because this is the guy that's going to work hand in hand with him on the field, uh, start to finish and all of that. And so I, I do think they'll find somebody. I mean, it is the, it's one of the premier analyst yeah. DA jobs that you can have out there um, in the country. I mean, you, know, you take this job and you can usually end up getting a full-time assistant. So they're going to have plenty of guys that are going to be in the mix, but at the end of the day, I mean, quite honestly, it's, it is an analyst or GA job. So it's not something that is going to be, it's just not really going to get that big of headlines, but I do feel like they're going to um, certainly uh, find somebody that, you know, should be good or, you know, very much up to the task. Yeah. His second question was, um, can you give us the skinny of who replaced Lowry? I'm assuming it's Bo Lowry, the director of sports medicine. Uh, do you have anything on that? Because I do not. Yeah, so I I don't really have anything on on that. Um, I know Brian Kelly mentioned it in in I think the interview with Jordy Collada, um, and I am look and he mentioned that they have their next, you know, uh, you know Bo Lowry. Um, so I don't know if it's been officially announced or anything like that. The only thing I see on you know, lsusports.net is um, Shelly Malinix, uh, who's been in this role for quite some time. Um, and I don't know if her, um, yeah, she, it doesn't, she's the one I, I would think kind of running the show, at least right, at, right now. I, yeah. I don't know the answer to that, but uh, she is the most senior person in that, in that yeah. world. So right now yeah. I, I think it's her show, but we've not seen anything announced as far as that goes. Yeah. Iowa City getting in the weeds of LSU football here. <laughs> Analyst and uh, medicine, uh, important roles, but yeah. Uh, which second stringer do you see starting by the season's end? I mean, besides Garrett Nussmeyer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Fire up the Nuss bus, Hunter. Um, oh, man. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, uh, back up. Uh, second string that could be starting. Um, Oh Lord! This gets kind of gets kind of bleak. Yeah, this is hard because we we saw so many guys out for spring too, okay. uh, especially on the defensive side. You know, in the secondary. Yeah. If, if we consider, I consider Ovia Gofu probably starting a jack right now. There's a world where Brayden Swenson passes him. I think there's a world where um, a guy like maybe. Well, Deuce Chestnut, we don't know his role. Like like you said, injuries yeah. make this a really tough question. Maybe Deshaun Womack gets on the field as a starter. Yeah. I, I can think see that. I, I think def- defensively, Deshaun Womack is a really good pick. I will yeah. say, maybe Zalance Hurd. You know, he Ooh. finds a way. Yeah, maybe. Um, we'll have to see what happens uh, injury-wise as well. Uh, which Louisiana 2024 football recruit might, might get a summer or fall offer? Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Offer. Um. This is this is a really good question. LSU always seems to find these guys, um, and they'll. It's kind of changed over the years. We've seen them go a little bit later on multiple guys, but I think last year 
could be wrong, but I think the only one was uh, Dylan Carpenter. Um, Ashton Stamps? No, Ashton Stamps got it. Well, he got a summer offer, so you're right on that. The summer oh. versus fall thing, definitely. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, you're going. But fall. he did say or, so or okay. I'll, I'll I, go. I immediately thought of stamps. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good, that's a great example of of a summer camp. Like that's how you want it to happen sometimes for Louisiana guys. You'd love to be on them way early, but um, uh, I think a guy that for me continues to pick up steam. I'll give you guys two, one on each side of the ball, and and look, I think Michael Turner, the wide receiver out of. John Curtis has gotten a lot of buzz. I, I think he is really thin. Um, so I don't think right now they're going to move on him. Um, Anthony Robinson at a Destrahan is a, is a good prospect. He could earn an offer, but at the end of the day, too, LSU has Maurice Williams. They have Deshaun McBride. They're looking good for Joel Rogers. I mean, how many safeties do you end up needing, especially if you see Wardell Mack with position versatility? Um, so the two I'll give you are uh, Mitch Hod Hodnett. Um, out of Monroe Sterlington, uh, I actually had him in my prediction piece. Um, if LSU wanted to sign five offensive linemen, and kind of as a uh, you know a little bit of a cover in case uh, LSU doesn't get one of the other three uncommitted guys I had in there, um, but he's a six five two eighty. Kansas State's been really on him hard. He's a little under the radar, but um, he just seems like one of those mean, nasty kind of interior guys. Might have some position versatility. And then finally, Gabriel Relliford out of Evangel in Shreveport. And shout out Shreveport. I was there last week for James Simon's spring game. Um, and, and they just have so much talent. It's just sick uh, right now what's going on in Shreveport, uh, which led the NFL draft uh, for Louisiana players. But he is at Evangel. He's about 6'3", 255. He's got an unreal wing. He's got an encouraging 100-meter time for a big guy like that too. Um, and he had over 100 and I think he had 129 tackles. He was just disruptive as all get out. Um, he, he was a guy that some people thought would be a linebacker, but he could be like a, a thick Jack or uh, maybe even a strong side defensive end, maybe even like a pass rushing defensive tackle. So he just picked up Texas A&M yesterday. Uh, Baylor, um, Ole Miss and SMU are hosting him for an official visit uh, this summer. Um, and he's picked up a couple of other off big offers. So he's, he's kind of my, um, if he camps, I, I think, I mean, I saw him physically in person and I was like, wow, that guy looks like he should be in the SEC. Yeah, that's always a good eye test. Just to, oh, that yeah. guy, that guy looks like he should be in the SEC. He, he probably he should be in the SEC. Yeah. Whenever that whenever you say that to yourself, he probably should be in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, who is your sleeper in the 2024 class? Well, I mean, I think sleeper right now, in a sense, um, because he is a three-star across the board, um, outside of rivals, uh, is Devon Keys out of Alito. Um, I, I think he's he's a linebacker that stands just a shade under six foot, but he's got plus length. Uh, he's got good verified athleticism. He's been productive for Alito. Um, power lifter, track guy, uh, ran on the relay team at Alito. He's a winner. Um, his family is all not spread out, but in all across South Louisiana. Um, so he's a guy that was really excited about being at LSU. Um, he's going to be back here to camp with Matt House as well. Um, I, I think he's a sleeper in the class, um, just from a rankings perspective. I, I think if you have an industry ranking of a four star, then I don't necessarily think you're a sleeper, but I'll go Devon no. keys on that one, I guess. Yeah. And I assume that was a question for the actual 2024 commitments. So. Yes, I assume so as well. Uh, six tool player asks, um, 
who would you see as the starting cornerbacks if the season started next week? Um, I would go Denver and Zai. Denver Denver Harrison Zai Alexander, I think, would be my picks. I, I tend to agree as well. I know he mentioned that uh, Malcolm, one of our subscribers, said look out for Welch. And, and look, I was actually re-watching the spring game the other night. I, I think there's credence to that, um, that LaTerrence Welch will have a you know a decent role for LSU this fall. Um, but I will say, I mean, they brought in Denver Harrison, Zy Alexander, and even J.K. Johnson for a reason too. Um, so it's not a for sure thing, but I mean – Look, Terrence Welch, if he gets back to like truly back to what he was early in his high school career, yeah, uh, he's got a chance to be special. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but I, I believe he's had two knee injuries now. So um, just a guy that has really grinded and 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 worked it out um, and, and is challenging to start, no doubt. If Terrence Welch ends up being a really good starter for LSU, which I think he could be, but uh, if he does, I have the screenshot of me the signing day morning. I think it was was it the February or December one? I don't I don't remember which one it was. I think it would have been February. I whichever one it was, I had the whiteboard. I had my list of my top ones. Terrence Welsh was at the top. There you and go. Then this was before they got Harold Perkins. So it ended up being Harold Perkins one, Terrence Welsh two in my twenty twenty two rankings. I loved him so much. So I'm just gonna hold on to that. I'm waiting for it. Nobody remembers when you're right on evaluations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody remembers. So I'll okay? make sure they remember. Nobody remembers. I'll Finley make sure they remember. Moore and Cardell for me. So just yeah, preparing you now. They're they're gonna um, remember that I had Mason Taylor at 11th in that class. Yeah. That's what they're gonna remember. And Shay's Wait. jeans are pretty skinny, but oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, how skinny are Shay's jeans? And Europe, who knows how thin, uh, how yeah. how uh, those joggers are getting getting some burn too. <laughs> um, Texas Tiger two. How many more we got here? Well, we got about seven, eight more, Billy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Uh, Texan Tiger 2 asked about Brian Wesco. Uh, Shea had him in his prediction piece. Billy followed suit. Um... Is there growing confidence inside LSU ops that Wesco lands in Baton Rouge? Yeah, and and I'm not speaking for Shea. I would think Shea would have him still in the piece um, if he dropped it. That's just a guess, though. Um, but I think there's growing op- optimism, and I think part partly because OU as of now is not getting an official visit. So mm-hmm. Clemson made a big impact on him with the offer. TCU's been recruiting him for a long, long time. And LSU has been making a big push. So if you're considering OU out, I would say it's Clemson, LSU, TCU. I, I, so I think your confidence is growing and you can let the chips fall where they may as far as an official visit goes. I, I think Clemson has really made an impression on him. I think TCU has obviously been in there for a long, long time. Malcolm Kelly has been recruiting him forever. I'm not ready to completely count out OU because of the way and how hard Emmett Jones has recruited him. Um, but uh, yes, I, I do think there's some growing confidence that he could land at LSU. There you go. 
Townsend Eleven asked uh, LSU return LSU's return game was non-existent this past year. Are Preen and Parker uh, legitimate options behind Anderson? It still seems too shallow. Um, I wouldn't be worried about the depth of the punt and kick return positions. I would just be worried about getting one that's good. Yeah. So if Aaron Anderson is one that's good, um, I don't think it matters if Preen and Parker are are legit. But I think they are legit. I think Parker is going to be perfectly serviceable punt and kick returner punt returner mostly but uh anderson you know if he steps in and he's legit then the problems are solved yeah i i think um yeah depth doesn't matter anderson should be good if he's healthy um parker is going to be i think he's going to be special i know we we've got some kyle parker fans on the board um he's just so smooth yeah uh nola tiger um oh he asked about softball um i got nothing Oh, yeah. I, I got nothing on that one. I did watch a little bit of it when I was out of town this past weekend. I watched them lose. And so there you go. Yeah. Uh, J87, uh, what was your initial reaction to the ESPN article naming Baker the top quarterback of the 2000s? Um, I was surprised. I kept trying to guess who was going to be number one, right? I Initially, I was like, all right, could it be Burrow? And then it had him at five. I was like, okay, like ah, I can okay, kind of see it. And then Tebow was at four, I think it was. Then Newton was at two, and I was like, who is it going to be? Because Kyle was already gone. Yeah. And I just started going through, and I was like, they haven't done Baker yet. And I was like, it's going to be Baker. And sure enough, it's Baker Mayfield. So that was a, that caught me off guard. I, I think for that one, and I, we don't need to spend too much time on it, but yeah. like, you should have a national championship. I, right. I, I mean, I, like, I, it's a team game and all that, but like, Cam Newton willed Auburn to that. You know, they had some mm-hmm. good players too, but like Cam Newton willed them. Tim Tebow willed them. I mean, Joe Burrow, he was a massive, 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 massive piece. Um, and yeah. without him, LSU doesn't win a national championship. Vince Young was three on that list. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, I think Bry- Bryce Young is, a, you know, has a really good argument too. But I, I think all the guys from two to five have really good arguments, quite honestly. Um, so, yeah. I love Baker. I think Baker's story out of yeah. all of them, the only one that can kind of rival it, I get. I mean, I guess Cam and Burrow can, you know, Cam was um, sent off to JUCO and then Burrow, you know, transferred and found a new home. But Baker starting as a walk-on is pretty impressive. Yeah, um, Deshaun Watson was six. Yeah, I, I don't know why how Trevor Lawrence was so low. I think Trevor Lawrence was at eleven. I agree. Something like I was like, oh. um, yeah, all right. Uh, True Tiger, nineteen seventy-nine. If LSU is unable to get any tight end help through the portal, who do you think will step up and take the second second tight end spot? Or do you think they will all split time and be used in certain situations based on individual strengths? Um, I think B is probably the right answer there. Um, I don't think I, I just don't think any of them are well rounded enough to be like, all right, Mason Taylor here, you're on this side. I think Mark Way is the best blocker. I think McGohan has the speed and the athleticism, and I think Pimpton has the most receiver upside of the group. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much the, the rundown for me. Yeah, I think they're going to have to test some different guys out and kind of see who rises to the occasion. You know, Mac Markway didn't play in the spring game, so with his injury history, I mean, you never know. Um, Kamorian Pimpton is is a – I mean, he's a pass catcher at this point. I mean, he might – I don't think he'll redshirt because of how thin LSU is at tight end, but, I mean, honestly, he could potentially use a redshirt in the sense of just mm-hmm. pack a ton of weight on him and, you know, go from there. Um, Jackson McGohan, I, I liked what he did in the spring. Uh, he could get some burn as that number two tight end, but they are recruiting Connor Gilbert, the Butte College uh, Juco tight end. That's it seems like that's who they hope is their number two tight end. Yeah. 
Denim Tiger 90, any idea on who women's basketball is, uh, best feels best about landing for 2024 class? Um, I'll have some stories up on the 24 class for women's basketball very soon. Um, off the top of my head, um, I will say the battle for Jelani Cambridge is going to be really interesting. Number one player in the country because LSU is right in the mix with them, with her. Um, with the, I mean, South Carolina is going to be on her. Like that's they're going to continue to stack up. They're, if they can, number one classes in the country, and like they're going to keep being in the conversations for top players in the country every single year. So it's going to be real interesting to watch. I'll have a story up relatively soon on um, the 2024 class for LSU. I'll, I'll just say they just feel best about landing the top 10. So. Yes, all, all of them. All like them. They, they cast a wide net, man. They really, yeah, they really just go after all the top players. Like, all right, who's coming? All right, um, Bam Osby, who do you think will get seven and 18 this year? If they even do it. Um, seven. Who do seven. I think and who should? I'm going to go with who should because I don't want to be tied to a prediction on this. Um, I, 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 Mason Smith, 18. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know what? Just, just honestly, after everything that's happened, just make Denver Harris 18 just for the, for the lulls. <laughs> Just to throw AM off, just like, wait, what is happening here? Um, but anyways, uh I mean, I I guess like seven could be Malik. Seven could be Malik. Could be Greg uh, Burns. Someone or, uh, Greg Brooks. Greg Brooks. Someone uh convince Jaden Daniels to be number seven, just for the again, for the laughs, just Jaden Daniels, seven. Quarterback playing seven. Has that ever happened to LSU? Yeah, I'm sure it has. In the in the seven era, in the seven eighteen era, you know that. So was yeah, it last no, decade or two? I don't think so. So, um, but yeah, I'd go Malik seven and eighteen being some like Mason Smith or I don't know. I don't know. That's a good one. Good question. Uh, Grapefish, uh, most impactful hire of the offseason, on field or off field? Assuming this is coaches, obviously. Um. I'll throw it to you first. Well, I mean, John Jancic is the most impactful on-field hire. Yes, that's a promotion. That yeah. Um, you know, if LSU special teams take a, you know, turn for the better, I mean, that's that's huge. Um, yeah, obviously. they also hired the analysts. Uh, to do who Bob, I can't remember. Bob Diaco. I think yeah, off-field, yeah. I mean, it's probably Bob Diaco. Yeah. Because their recruiting staff, there really hasn't been, um, there hasn't been a shakeup, really. Hasn't been yeah. too much done on that one all right two more lsu um is the duncanville lsu connection real who is our main recruiter for that school um and then he has a second question which i think we can answer afterwards yeah uh we'll find out if the lsu duncanville connection is real and i i had this um list of lsu players all-time signing classes through the years and they did it by high school, which is pretty, pretty oh, that awesome. Is, that's pretty cool. I was going to ask, I was about to ask like the Duncanville rundown here. Cause I already know, obviously Durham, January, like the, the players, the prospects, the Colin Simmons. You know, yeah. Stuff like that. So they, they have not from what I've seen, uh, signed anyone from Duncanville ever. Um, so for, so is, but is the pipeline real Billy? That, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what, so that honestly, and you try to separate every, recruitment every recruitment's different yeah um 
and, and we saw that to an extent with a guy like a JV and Toviano or Deshaun Womack, um, you know, guys that LSU through the years hasn't necessarily landed. How do you kind of separate all that? And this Duncanville, you know, class 2024. So their targets are five, five-star edge Colin Simmons, four-star running back Caden Durham, four-star defensive lineman Alex January, and four-star defensive back Kadavian Dodson-Walker, who, as we've kind of talked about with safety position, LSU might be full. They might not even be able to take him. Um, but one thing I've said is that LSU has never signed a player from Duncanville. They've they've kind of kicked around on some guys, and, and you know, in the end, they haven't really gotten too close on, on them for the most part. Um, Kerry Cooks is probably the main recruiter for that school. He is really the guy who leads the charge for the most part in Dallas. Um, but LSU sends position coaches a lot of times to recruit their position positions when it comes to nationally. Um, if they can get one of, let's just say they, they, they can't take Kadavian Dodds Walker. If they can get one of the three, if LSU can get Colin Simmons or Alex January, I'm ready to plant a flag and say that there could be pipeline potential. If they get Caden Durham, well, Frank Wilson will have done a terrific job beating out OU. And I don't necessarily know if he's a starter of a yeah. pipeline as, as as much as, as the other two would be. Um, so right now, until they land somebody from Duncanville, it's not, there's not a connection there. Um, that, I mean, that they're just doing a good job. They happen to be doing a good job with these four guys um, there right now. So if they can get one. You know, that'd be huge. Frank Wilson also, I don't think through his LSU career is really signed a, a running back outside of the state of Louisiana. So it could be for a first for him as well. Ooh, Ooh that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Then with 15 recruits committed and 10 open slots, what are remaining positions of need and how, who do we feel very good about jumping on board? Okay. We've answered the second part of that, but defensive line, defensive line, defensive line, defensive tackle. Just get to start whipping, whipping up never on, use the, enough. on the podcast. Um, yeah, the defensive line, edge, interior, uh, both huge positions of need. Um, I think they've, uh, I think receiver is a position of need in this class as well. Um, and as far as remaining, you know, needs goes, um, I know they signed for the position last cycle, but I think if you can get this last piece with a strong receiver class, then you're really in a good spot long term. Yeah. Uh, with depth at the receiver position, but defensive line is, I think the biggest position of need. Um, and uh, they've already addressed safety uh, and they can get Joel Rogers for a lot of icy on the cake. We talked about next five commits earlier in the pod. So I'm going to kind of skip that. Yeah. Um, but Dominic McKinley is, you know, need number one. I just, if they can get Dominic McKinley, the five-star defensive lineman from Acadiana. And if they can reel in a guy like a CJ Jackson from Tucker, Georgia, or, Colin Simmons somehow on the edge, then, then LSU, like, I don't even care what they get the rest of the way, quite honestly. (laughs) I was going to say McKinley and Simmons, man, just pack it up. That's all we need. Pack it up. Two player signing class. Let let the rest go. (laughs) Um, All right. Last question. Iris Tiger 18. Um, Other than recent on the field success, uh, what is Georgia doing differently than everybody else? Um, LSU as well in recruiting that is getting them so much success. Yeah, I feel like I've just heard so much about Georgia the past two weeks. Yeah, so this is one of those questions like, how much time you got, buddy? Um, Because it's hard, right? Like, LSU is sitting there 
routinely landing top 10 classes. They were in the top five last year. They've been in the top five here and there over the last few years, you know, enough to be one of the premier recruiting schools in the country. But Alabama and Georgia are just doing it consistently at a different level. And I, I think we talk about alignment with Brian Kelly, and I think it's something that is still being fixed kind of from the Ed Ogeron days. Mm-hmm. But I, I think navigating this whole like NIL space versus NIL in recruiting mm-hmm. is something that LSU is still tinkering with. And we see them do a really, really, really good job in Louisiana for the most part. If they clean up the top 10 this year, it's, you know, we know that LSU, the, the, the gate is closed in Louisiana. You can't come in here and take a recruit because Dominic McKinley, Wardell Mack, Tylen Singleton, those three right now, I would say, are the guys that are just so heavily sought after from programs that really want to make a big splash in Louisiana and obviously take them from LSU. If you can get those guys and then keep the rest of them in Louisiana on board, you know, the gate is closed and that conversation can now end. But then nationally, and this is where I think Alabama and Georgia have things very, very organized, is it seems like, in my opinion, they can pretty much go into any school. And like we mentioned, Casey Poe, for example, East Texas kid, Oklahoma, Texas has been battling it out for a while. They've been recruiting him forever. Well, Bama jumped in there and, you know, now considered the favorite for like an East Texas kid. I just saw Terry Bussey um, last week, the number one athlete in the country, Alabama. I mean, they're right there in his recruitment. Georgia does, a, you know, a lot of that same stuff nationally. You know, they're in it for Colin Simmons at Duncanville um, in a big way. I mean, they've got some, they've got plenty of national targets, but um, there's, I just feel like there is, and maybe it is part of the winning and things like that, but there is just a little bit more alignment at both those schools navigating the NIL space name, image, and likeness versus the quote-unquote NIL part of recruiting. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is why I think they can do it just a touch above all these other programs across the country. Yep. Way to end it on a high note there. There you go. (laughs) Look, LSU can very well sign a top five class this year. I mean, if they can get get Dominic McKinley, if they can get Wardell Mack, they can clean up in Louisiana, and then they can go out and find a way to get a Bryant-Wesco or Cam Coleman at receiver. Um, if they can get a Caden Durham at running back, they can go and clean up like they did along the offensive line, like Brad Davis did last two cycles. Um, yeah. Some of their top targets are very highly rated, especially on on three. Um, and linebacker, Tylen Singleton, safety, you get Joel Rogers. If Robert Steeples can reel in another national corner like a Kai Bates, and then you know maybe round things out with a Jalen Crawford. Even if Zion Ferguson goes elsewhere, that's one of the better hauls nationally. All those things add up, and you could be looking at a top five class. Um, it's just a matter of how LSU finishes out that defensive line class and edge and things like that. But, I mean, you can't – they've done a good job really honing in on certain guys and, for the most part, being in there start to finish on a lot of these recruits. And, you know, Ed Ogeron, it was like a lot of, like, wild goose chase type stuff. You know, you knew that – they were never going to get so-and-so. They were never going to get yeah. so-and-so, but they were the last official visit or whatever. And it's just this this staff does a much better job at, like, at least keep, like, aim small, miss small. Like, that's kind of where they're at, um, yeah. you know. So I, I 
I like their approach. I still think they just are continuing to improve on the ground, so to speak. And um, I think, uh, you know, as this NIL stuff continues to evolve, we'll, we'll, you know, they have another year like they do. We'll see it crank up a notch and maybe LSU is, you know, beating out Alabama and Georgia for top classes. Uh, we do have one question we didn't answer. Hunter Fournette asked, oh. if you could be any fictional character, who would it be and why? So you've been thinking about this the whole podcast, but I already knew as soon as I saw the question, um, I'm going James Bond. I mean, the guy, you know, secret agent, drinks martinis like they're water and doesn't appear to wake up hungover, Um, you know, has a great, great life. Uh, Great life. Yeah, Yeah, great, great life. Um, Yeah, I'll go James Bond. Oh, man. Uh, Okay, now I'm going between a bunch of different names in my head now because of movies. Um. You know, since you did an action character, I'll just do one as well. I'll do John Wick then, so that way I could just win any fight. There you go. Immediately. There you go. go. That's that's it. There you go. All right. Um, Over an hour podcast. Answered all your questions. Um, I'll have them time stamped afterwards so we can easily navigate them. But hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, If you haven't already subscribed to the Bengal Tiger on three, subscribe to our YouTube channel right here. If you haven't already, uh, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, leave us a like. We appreciate all of the support. We'll be back um, someday soon. I'm hoping to get an interview here. Uh, so keep a lookout for that. But until then, uh, for Billy and Body, I'm Matthew Bruni, and we will talk to you all later. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.